boom. Good morning, good morning. In today's episode, I have special guest Shahar Arez. From zero to $110 million exit in 15 months, Shahar is the co-founder and CEO of Stoke Talent. He shares why the current employment model doesn't work for a new generation and his story behind the recent $110 million exit as well as the future of freelancing. Have a listen. Have you ever had negative thoughts in your mind that you aren't good enough, that you'll never be successful? If so, you're not alone. I've had those thoughts playing in my mind ever since I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. It's a dirty, dark secret that no one likes to talk about as the glamorization of becoming an entrepreneur is shown in the media. I realized that in order to succeed, I needed help. We all do. So I decided to go all in on myself, spending thousands of hours in the trenches, reading, joining groups, listening to podcasts, hiring coaches to develop a bulletproof morning routine for success. Join me on my journey as together we build our morning fire to ignite our lives as entrepreneurs. My name is Jeff Wickersham, and this is the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. Welcome to the show. I am excited to have special guest today, Shahar Arez. Shahar, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I love the opening. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm already excited just to you know, play the, the, the video and, and, and your voice. I'm, just, I'm, I'm already into it. Let's get going. Uh, I love it. I love it. The energy is already, uh, already amped up. So I always love starting these interviews with a little grounding technique. We're going to breathe in three times and out three times. Let's go ahead and breathe in. And out. Good. Another breath in. And out. Final breath in and out. Awesome. Now we're going to amp up that energy a little bit on my countdown. Three, two, one. We're going to yell boom, get that energy amped up, have a fantastic conversation today in three, two, one, and boom. boom. <laughs> there you go. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, you playing along. So morning habits, rituals, routine is what I guide, coach, help my clients on, on a daily basis. Always interested to hear what others are doing. So Shahar, what are one or two things you do every single day that kind of sets you down that path towards success? Um, so first of all, I, I, I love discussion, discussing uh, morning habits. I'm a morning person in natural. I have to say my morning routine got completely uh, went, to, um, went to shit over the last two years. I'd say, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this show, Jeff. So you are, uh, you are. So there you um, go. I'll feel now, now I'm much more comfortable. Um, <laughs> So usually I, I, I be, up until about two years ago, I start my days around 5.30 a.m. in the morning, uh, 5.30 to 6 a.m., uh, get a workout in, either swim, run. Um, earlier I used to cycle as well. I don't cycle as much in, anymore. Um, so get some form of workout. Mm -hmm. um, and usually I get to um, start working on something pretty early. Um, so before before I start getting emails and slacks by others, I try to get some, uh, some, meaning thing, uh, some meaningful things off my plate. Um, I try to avoid, um, not dealing with not reading texts and slacks and emails before I'm done with, uh, you know, getting the kids out of the house in the morning. So I don't distract myself. Um, so that's my routine. If you'd ask me what, uh, what it used to be up until two years ago. Um, I have to say again, it went to shit, uh, because, um, when you're, when you're starting a company, um, and I'm located in Tel Aviv. We didn't discuss it, but uh, I'm in Tel Aviv uh, at least half the time back then. Now I'm all the time here in Tel Aviv. I'm 10 time zones away from California, 
Right. Uh, and so when you're starting to build a business and you're interacting with customers that are, you know, seven to 10 time zones away, you get long nights and then the 5 a.m. becomes a significant challenge. Right. And so all of a sudden, my families have started to wake up a little later in the day and then I started playing catch up. Um, now that the organization's grown, there's a sales team, there's more salespeople. So I'm not on every sales call. So I'm trying to get that routine back. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. And, and yeah, we have cycles of life, right? Sometimes you you need to be dedicated, obsessed with, with building the business and those routines, those habits you had previously, as far as working out, doing other things kind of need to take a pause as you do that. Now you can get back. So, so love that piece. So tell me a little bit about building the business. Obviously you had uh, tremendous success in a, a short period of time. So would love a little background for my audience of where you came from and, and then what you're, what you're doing currently. So um, I'm, I'm 40, almost 47 years old. My background's in tech for the past 22 years. Uh, I'm a computer science grad, worked at a bunch of corporates, uh, different engineering product marketing roles, got acquired into HP in 2006, moved to California in 2008, uh, integrated to two companies together, um, joined VMware in 2010 to be part of the funding team of a new business unit. This is where I got more exposure to Silicon Valley VCs, uh, you know, how do you uh, uh, invest in companies, buy companies and so forth. Uh, I was fortunate okay. enough to be there at the right time and moved back to Israel in 2013 and decided um, after a few years in another company that I want to start my own company. Uh, I started Stoke in uh, 2019 after um, almost six months of taking a break and just spending time with family to re-energize okay. before starting a new business. Um, and did research on where do I think the puck is heading and what would be an interesting space to get into, not just build a product or a technology, but actually find a space where the world will go through a significant change. Obviously, I didn't think COVID will happen back then and it will happen so fast. Right. Uh, but, um, but we kind of started seeing the signals for the world changing towards flexible workforce, freelancers. Companies were looking for flexibility. Uh, millennials, Gen Zs were looking for a new social contract working remotely and having multiple employers and not committing to a single employer. Job security meant nothing to this generation that saw their parents going through um, three uh, major economic crises in, in two decades. So we, we saw a lot of these signs starting to come together. Okay. Uh, and we kind of said, you know, there's an interesting space to get into. So that's kind of, that's my background. That's what led us to start building Stoke. Gotcha. I, I love hey, taking some time off, right? Six months to kind of kind of recharge. And then two, you know, doing your research on where the puck is headed, right? And, and picturing out into the future, hey, these are the trends we see and, and kind of going, going from there. So Stoke, explain to the audience what, what the company does, what you do. Sure. Um, so there's more and more signals out there that uh, we're going to see a, a greater portion of the workforce being freelancers. By the way, for those who don't know already today, um, um, about 40% of the U.S. workforce is engaging in freelancing in some capacity, uh, which is a staggering number when you, when you think about it. Uh, the total freelance economy in the U.S., by the way, is about 5% of GDP. So it's, it's over $1.2 trillion. So it's gigantic. Um, wow. And all trends, but all forecasts by IRS and DOL is showing that by 2030, we'll, see, we'll hit 60% of workforce being freelancers. 
Uh, so almost 50% growth over the next uh, um, decade. Well, it's not even a decade anymore. Um, all these numbers, by the way, are accurate pre-COVID. I don't know how much COVID has accelerated it. There, there's some right. indicators, but no, no clarity. And when you think about this change, um, we saw that there's there's a spur in the uh, a growth in the number of online marketplaces for freelancers, like your Upworks and Fiverr and Freelancer.com, mm-hmm. 99design, Toptail. There's a, today there's over a thousand of these, by the way, just wow. to, to, to get an understanding. Most of them have in common uh, this ability to swipe your credit card and get a transaction going. I need someone to do my kid's birthday video or start a small website for me or whatever that is. Right. Um, there's a research by, um, not Princeton, Cornell University that shows that um, less than 1% of the freelance economy is actually on these online marketplaces. And the reason is, is corporates are unable to tap into that mar- online marketplaces. Corporates need uh, uh, procedures, budget management, who's allowed to use freelancers, not anybody can use a uh, right. you know, credit card, you need tax forms, legal forms, confidentiality, IP ownership, data protection, all this mechanism to tax what we set out to do come that between corporates and enterprise uh SaaS platform for corporates the entire freelancers that they're currently managing or looking to recruit the internal processes with the talent access of all this variety um uh, shahar you're 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 breaking up a little bit maybe i don't know if you've got uh anything in the background running on a computer screen or anything it uh it was a little Uh, choppy there okay i'll try to minimize it is it better now it does sound better now yes okay sorry that no problem just wanted to Uh, make sure uh, we got we got all that good stuff because i know you were talking about Hey, that that the corporate space has a lot of difficulty of of hiring a freelancer. And I used to be in the corporate space, and I speak to companies and corporations now. And many times there are many hoops that I have to go through, and then there's a purchase order and sign offs and all those things. So yeah, I totally totally understand where you're coming from as far as the difficulties the corporate spaces in in hiring freelancers. So go ahead, continue. Sorry for uh, sorry for interrupting you. Yeah, and so we, we just decided we're we're going to build a bridge between how corporates operate to make it very simple for anyone within corporates to access flexible talent. We'll make sure they're compliant. We'll make sure they're you're protected. We'll make sure they're signing the legal documents. The system will take care of everything. If, if you think about it, it's very much like uh, you know what Amazon did for cloud. Obviously, anyone trying to say where they're like Amazon is, is bullshit because you know they're huge. But when Amazon started, right. I was there in two thousand eight in, in a similar space. Uh, what Amazon did was just automate a process that was very painful. So for, I, I guess we're at a similar age zone, you and I, right? We still remember if you wanted to build an application within corporates, you had to go for, again, procurement, get purchase order, get finance super to buy a server. Right. You waited right. for three months to get anything going. And Amazon just turned it into one click. And that's what we're set out to do. Why not have the same process? If I want to have a freelancer, I want to take Jeff as a consultant in any company today that's over 200 people it might be a two-week process to a three-month process depending how you know cumbersome the company is why not turn it into a five-minute process assuming i have the budget right the system will verify i have the budget i'm allowed to but if i do and jeff complies and he's legal then let's get going no i i love that because you're 
decreasing the pain on both sides of the equation, right? Not only on the corporate side, but I know personally some of the engagements I had, I mean, the amount of paperwork and things that I needed to fill out as a speaker in an organization was, it, it was overwhelming as far as how much you needed to do. So totally, uh, totally waited for, and then you wait 30 to 60 days to actually get paid. Correct. Correct. So there's uh, many pieces of, uh, of pain in that process on the freelancer or speaker side and, and then on the corporate side. So I love that, uh, yep. love that sweet spot that you, you, you found there. So, you know, the, the freelance revolution, I know we want to kind of lead into that. Why is that the future of the workforce and, and explain to us how you see it kind of playing out in the future? Well, the, the, we're, we're kind of hitting a perfect storm in the past three to five years. If you look what's happening on both sides of the equation, on the corporate side, corporates need to move faster. Everything is happening much faster than before. It doesn't have to be with freelancers specifically. It's just the pace of technology. I don't know if you read Thomas Friedman's uh, Thank You for Being Late. So it's a, it's a great book by Thomas Friedman uh, on, on how acceleration in adopting technology is impacting decision-making, how organizations are able to survive and so forth. I'm not getting too much into the book, but everything is happening faster. Companies need to respond faster. They need to put people in the right place for the right project very quickly. Because if you make a decision, and I worked at HP, you make a decision, you that decision will actually come into effect within three months. You'll get the people three months later. They'll actually be active with, three months later. It's like from the moment you, you want to get something done until something happens the year. But if you make any decision for a change, you lost a full year. So how companies can respond faster, and that's by getting the right people at the right time. Number two, employee tenure, it's an, it's an all-time low. We're hitting a point where in technology companies, uh, employees are staying less than two years. And so companies constantly need to hire anyway. Um, on the talent side, sorry, uh, uh, the last thing on, on the company side, companies need flexible budget. They don't know when the next recession is hitting. They don't know when the next pandemic is heading. They need to be mm -hmm. able to scale up and down very quickly. We saw that, I mean, two years ago, if you remember, April of 2019, of 2020, sorry, pandemic hits, everyone's, right. you know, letting people go. Three months later, oh, we got to get people back because business is, is, okay, where do we get the people back? You know, mm -hmm. and now we're getting into, we're two years in, January, we're hitting inflation. Okay, we need to cut down again. It's like this scale up, scale down is something companies will need to deal with constantly. On the talent side, again, uh, uh, employee. Millennials, Gen Z don't want to be employees anymore. They don't want to work for a single employer. Job security doesn't mean anything. Um, mm -hmm. They want a different social contract. They don't want corporate uh, uh, performance reviews, pay bans. All these processes are not speaking to this generation. And last is everything we're, we're seeing with um, internet connectivity, cloud computing, allowing anybody anywhere to get work done. Right. Means why, why do I need to get people in? the office in Philadelphia and not in Massachusetts or in India or in Thailand. I have an employee now uh, that's been working with us for two years, uh, decided he wants to go travel, went traveling. Um, and now his parents shipped him his computer and he's working off the coasts of Co Costa Rica. And I'm fine with it. Why not? It works. Right. Right. And so all these changes together are driving this freelance revolution where um, skills are changing, generations changing and companies needs are constantly changing. No, I love that fact. And I, I, I wrote it down as you were talking about just the scale up, scale down and how quickly things happen 
imagine having that flexibility in a larger corporation to be able to bring something on for someone on for a project tomorrow or today, have that project be completed, but then something happens related to the environment, the global dynamics of things and be able to not have to have that overhead beyond the books and have those difficult conversations. So it totally, totally makes sense for me from a flexibility and a ability to react quickly and seize the moment and seize that opportunity where if you're waiting a year, that opportunity is probably gone at yep. that point. And one thing I'll add to that is just that notion of I'll try. I'll run an experiment. I'll get something on. Let's give it a try. If you make a decision, um, you know, hey, Jeff, go, go try to do some TikTok ads to promote the podcast. You're going to tell me, you know, I don't know how to do that. Well, maybe you do, right? Maybe I'm, I'm hitting the wrong nail here, but um, <laughs> I don't know how to promote on podcasts. I don't know how to do it. I don't know. They're right on it. It's like, get someone who knows how to do it. Pay them whatever for the amount of work they invested. See what happens. Worst case, you, you wasted, you know, a few hundred dollars, whatever that is. But you're opening your mind to new opportunities and you're willing to spend some money on researching it. And if you, you know, if you hit the right spot, then it's like, okay, you know, why not turning it into something more significant? It's really more, again, this is more um, trial during, during the job. If this person's great, if this is going to work out, maybe it turns into a long-term relationship. But I'm, I'm allowing myself to experiment. Hmm. No, I, I love that kind of toe in the water, right? Testing it out, experimenting. And, and so many times we don't do that because we feel like it's a full commitment where I can even see that in the entrepreneurial space, right? Try out so many different things, put a toe in the water. You never, you're not, you're never going to know how, what's going to hit, what's not. And many times you're like, well, I don't know how to do that. I can't do it. Of well, course. get a freelancer to, and, and that might be the, Big ticket TikTok ads might be it to blow up a podcast, right? You, yeah. You how many times? How many times in your career, right? In, in during the time you worked with corporates, did you guys go into your room and say, "Oh, we need to do this"? And everyone says, "You know, by the time we're going to hire someone, it's going to be like three months until we actually find the right person, or six months." Say, so you're giving up? You're not even getting started just because you know it's going to take you six months to get started. So, give it a try. You might not find the perfect person, but. Someone that would do 70% of the work is much better than 100% of no one doing the work. Right. And for the speed that you can have, right? You can, you can do it so much quicker and that reactability, being able to adapt. I mean, if anything, COVID has taught us these past two years is you need to be flexible. You need to be nimble at any size of an organization. If you can adopt those skills and those traits and have that, you're going to be so much more successful in the, in the global dynamics and the global environment. Love it. Awesome. So, you know, what, if I am a company that is triggered by what we talked about earlier, right? Going through a long process, what, you know, obviously we, we talked about the advantages for, for freelancers, you know, doing it the right way. I would assume, obviously, is through your organization to, to be able to set up the, the process. How would they get started? Hey, Jeff, sorry about that. I got disconnected there for a few seconds. No, no problem. Hey, I always roll with this in any of my interviews because here's real life, right? Nothing's perfect. We've got to be able yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to, <laughs> to roll through the punches. So uh, I, I was, I was commenting. Be 
Yeah, you got to be flexible. That's what we're talking about. Adaptability, being able to, uh, to adapt with it. So if I was triggered by what we spoke about and I was a larger corporation, you know, what, what's ways to get started down this process of being more nimble, flexible, adaptable? Um, I, I think the first place is to recognize you want to become. So I, I, I think that's a, that's a great point because uh, every now and again, someone asks me, it's like, who's your biggest competitor? Our biggest competitor is mindset. That's mm -hmm. mostly people not even thinking that's a possibility or going down this path. Um, and when you're there, um, and by the way, we were working with a company now that made the decision. By end of this year, 5% of, uh, of their budget, headcount budget goes to freelancer with the goal of next year getting to 10 to 15%. And now that's they're going awesome. through the process. Every department needs to present a plan, how they're doing it. And, you know, and it requires change. A lot of people, uh, you know, in, in our ages, you know, born in the 70s to 80s, going through this change is, is complicated. We're used to working in a certain mode and now we're expecting a different mode. Um, and so then they're getting started. Like any other change you're going through, um, and there's three things you need. You need people, processes, and technology, right? And so you need to make sure you have the right people that can work with flexible workforce. Um, you need a platform, uh, you know, like Stoke to help you make sure that you can manage it at scale, to make sure you're you're compliant, you're legal, there's access, all that, all that good stuff. And then you need um, a trusted advisor, or a company you can work with that can help you through the processes. What do I need to do? Which questions do I need to ask? Which team should I get? Should I start with? Uh, um, where should I incubate? Because um, when you're going through this change, you need someone to help you. By the way, a lot of companies that we talk to already have significant pockets of freelancers without even realizing, because it's not managed by anyone in the organization. I mean, not if you sure. talk to any head of HR, they'll tell you how many employees work at the company exactly. You won't find a single person at any company that knows how many freelancers and contractors work there, because nobody owns freelancers and contractors. It's not a jar. It's not finance. It's not vendor. It's like it's it's hidden somewhere. We've hmm. seen uh, the 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 gap we've seen usually is about three to five x from what the company thinks they have to what they actually have. Interesting. That's uh, that's crazy. It's crazy to think about that. There's no central point and who owns it and how many actual people within an organization are using a freelancer or contract work. It's, it's crazy to think of that. So I've loved the conversation. It's definitely opened my eyes. So where can people find out more about you and, and Stoke as well? Well, you can find us on stoketalent.com. I uh, would love to have you visit. Uh, you can find myself on, on LinkedIn or our, our LinkedIn page. Um, less active on Twitter, but definitely on, uh, you can find us on LinkedIn and the general web. Awesome. Shahar, I appreciate you being on the show. Jeff, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks, man. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. You now have the knowledge, but without action, knowledge is useless. Choose to act. Choose to step into your greatness and unlock that hero inside of you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so more entrepreneurs can hear this message. If you absolutely love this podcast, which I hope you do, then share it up with someone you know who might see benefit from it. Become that beacon of change and together we can impact the world.